You are listening to United and Resilient, a podcast designed to help heal and support the El Paso community. I am your host, Oscar Arriaga, Outreach Coordinator for the El Paso United Family Resiliency Center, a program of United Way of El Paso County. We are dedicated to serve those who were impacted directly or indirectly by August 3rd. Join us on the journey to long-term recovery as we have honest conversations with local leaders, mental health specialists, and fellow Pasoans who share their stories and expertise. We feature topics that influence and impact the vitality and resilience of our community. We are El Paso United and together we heal. Juntos sanamos. Dear listener, before we begin, a note of warning. The topic we are about to explore contains a mention of the mass casualty events and a description of the events that unfolded thereafter. This episode may not be suitable for everyone. Please note any views or opinions shared in this program are personal and belong solely to the individual and do not represent the United Way of El Paso County or the El Paso United Family Resiliency Center. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I'm your host, Oscar Arriaga. Now, this episode will be dedicated to holistic healing. Our first half of the show will speak on the benefits of Reiki and the second half on yoga. Reiki is a Japanese energy healing technique that was created in the early 20th century. It is a health approach to manage symptoms and improve general well-being by supporting the body and mind systems to their own natural healing process. Now, I know that Reiki treats the whole person, including emotions and mind, to create a beneficial effect that includes relaxation and feelings of peace. And today on this episode, we have Reiki master Michelle Moskowski. We will discuss the Japanese energy technique of Reiki and how it is used for stress reduction and relaxation that also promotes healing. Michelle is the owner of Intuitive Wellness with Michelle, and she is certified as a Reiki master teacher. She received her master's of spiritual science and is currently studying for her doctorate of spiritual science through Peace Theological Seminary and College of Philosophy. Michelle is also a member of the International Association of Reiki Professionals. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much. We're excited to have you here. We want to hear about you. Tell us about yourself, your profession, share with us with your academic and professional achievements, and please include your journey to becoming a Reiki master teacher. Well, if you'd told me five years ago that I would be a Reiki master teacher, I probably would have laughed at you. This was not on my radar as who I was supposed to be. My uh, undergraduate background is in English and secondary education, so I was a high school English teacher. My first exposure to Reiki was back when I was in my early teens. I had been incredibly sick my eighth grade year of school. Modern medicine couldn't really figure out what was wrong with me. I just kept getting sicker and sicker and finally had a doctor look at me and say, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you're not going to live to drive a car. And at that point in time, I'd really lost my will to live, so I didn't care. I was totally okay with going home and pulling the blankets over my head and just waiting to die. And you were still young, eighth grade? Yeah, so I was 13 at the time. That was not okay with my mother. I'm an only child and a rainbow baby, for those of you who know what that means. And my mother, a registered nurse, said, if Western medicine isn't going to help my child, I will find something that will. And so she took me to 
every possible holistic thing you could imagine at the time. And one of those things, she took me to a chiropractor who recommended I see a Reiki practitioner who worked out of her office. And I had no idea at the time what Reiki was. I asked, okay, what is this? She explains a little bit about it. And I said, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that. And we compromised that I would go once and try it and see how it, how it felt for me. So went for the appointment, talked with the practitioner, told her what had been going on, laid down on a table, table very much like a massage table, and she started the session. I'm like, okay, now what? What's next? What's what next? Happens? What's going to happen? What's going on? I don't really feel anything. And then all of a sudden I'm like, why does my head feel funny? It was the first time in over a year that I didn't have a headache. Went home that night. It was Friday night. Thank goodness I didn't have school the next day because I slept for 16 hours straight. Did not know what day it was when I finally got up. Oh my. Yes. The effects, uh huh? Yeah. So I said, okay, there is something to this. So I was a believer. Went from being a total skeptic to 100% believer that there is something to this. And so really what Reiki helped do was give me back my will to live and show me that I didn't have to live in constant pain. So fast forward many years, we won't say how many, right? (laughs) And my husband retired from the military. We decided to stay here in El Paso. And I had one of those spiritual awakenings, I guess you could call it, where I woke up in the middle of the night saying, this is not my life. This is not who I am supposed to be. Okay, then who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? And the answer I heard was Reiki. And I laughed out loud and said, no way, Reiki. No, not gonna do that, no. It's great, love it, not gonna do it. Reiki. I said, okay, fine. If that's what I'm supposed to do, it's going to be really easy to figure this out. And I was in my level one certification class five days later. You dove right into it. When it is meant to be, it is meant to be. And yes, two days after that class, I put in my notice at my job, had no idea how I was going to start a business, but trusted that this was who I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do. Thank you for taking us through that journey. Very interesting. I mean, you dove right into it. I know it's it's by the laying of hands, some kind of life force energy that works together. Tell us, Michelle, what is Reiki and how does it work? Absolutely. So Reiki is Japanese for universal life force energy. That is the translation. This is a Japanese energy healing treatment. It was uh, discovered or rediscovered, depending on uh, what you believe in, by Mikao Usui back in the 1920s. It also refers to the therapy system that is performed by the transmission of key energy into the body of the receiver through the practitioner's palms. And we want this transmission of the energy to help clear, cleanse, and balance the energy centers, the chakras, and the pathways in our body because that's going to promote the self-healing and transformation process. Other things people should know about Reiki are that it is spiritual, but it is not associated with or contrary to any specific religion, and it can only be used for positive intent, right? We're divine creations made of divine energy. That's what we're working with with Reiki, so it's only bringing in the good and the positive. Very clear explanation of that. Uh, You say that there's no touching. So yes, touch is not necessary with Reiki. There's no manipulation involved. This is not like a massage or a chiropractic adjustment or anything like that. The hands are either hovering just above or gently resting on the receiver because we're all, we're all made up of energy. You look at quantum physics, we're like 99.99999% energy. So that's why we're able to work with that energy. That energy radiates in a field around us so the touch is not necessary to connect in with someone's energy. 
Reiki primarily works with the chakras, the energy centers in the body. Those are designed to draw in energy into the body to help animate us, to give us life. A Reiki practitioner acts as a conduit to channel the energy into the receiver's body where those imbalances are sensed, helping those chakras to pull in more energy to clear the negativity. It's very much like an oil change for the body's energy system. So why do we change the oil in the car? Because as we're driving down the road, it's picking up dirt from the environment, right? You drive it long enough without changing the oil, what's gonna happen to that engine? It's gonna seize up or blow up, right? It's a great so, metaphor for men, especially. Right, <laughs> I've worked very hard on my Reiki metaphors over the last four years. But we need a way of flushing out that negativity. Great things that we can do for ourselves are, you know, exercise, yoga, eating well, meditating, praying. Sometimes life is just too stressful and there's too much of a buildup of that negativity. So Reiki comes in to flush out that stuff that we're not clearing ourselves to bring us back into a greater sense of balance. Interesting. I know another one that, that people mention out there, acupuncture. Yes. There's a difference, I'm sure, between Reiki and acupuncture. Can you tell us that difference? So I like to say that uh, Reiki does in a very general way what acupuncture does in a very specific way. So acupuncture is using needles to stimulate the energy pathways, the meridians throughout the body and to balance out the key. Reiki says, we're just gonna flood the body with energy to break up all that negativity, to flush it all out. Um, whereas acupuncture is focusing more on specific smaller points throughout the body and just placing a needle here at a specific angle at a specific depth. Reiki, literally you could do an entire Reiki session just focusing on a person's big toe and the body's gonna pull the energy to where it's needed. And Reiki is a great alternative for people who might be interested in acupuncture but have a fear of needles. That is true. Of course, no needles with Reiki. No needles with Reiki, oh, no. That's good. When the customer comes in, they do not know what to expect walking into a session. And of course, you have to eliminate all the distractions around you, turn off the cell phone. Is there a, a soft, relaxing ambience? How does one prepare for the session to come in also? Absolutely. So it varies a little practitioner to practitioner how they set up their office and what their kind of system is for clients. But I tell mine, wear comfortable clothes. I don't care if you come in your pajamas, that's fine. To avoid lots of caffeine or sugar or heavy food for, for a session and make sure that you're hydrated. Drink plenty of water before and after the session. That's going to help to keep the energy flowing and keep promoting the balance that we're trying to create. So I have nice soft lighting that I turn down even lower so that if you want to take a nap during your session, you can take a nap. That's a compliment to me. It means you're relaxed and at peace and willing to let your guard down. I gotta you know, put in my two cents. When I came in right now into your office, I felt the, the soft ambience, I, the smell, the you know, soft color pastels on the wall. It does feel comfortable. And I know for any first timers out there that want to come in, they will feel comfortable. Are there different types of treatments to treat a pain? What does a customer feel or what do they go through during the treatment? So as far as Reiki treatments go, there's not really a whole lot of variation other than we're looking for where things are imbalanced, where things are blocked up. Those are the areas that we're gonna focus more on. Uh, obviously, I'm going to treat a broken bone differently than I would treat anxiety. There are gonna be different areas in the body that are blocked up that need to be focused on. 
The experience varies from person to person and from practitioner to practitioner. With Reiki, no two sessions will feel exactly the same, and it won't feel the same when you get Reiki from a different practitioner than who you're used to seeing. But the common experience people have are warmth, tingling, or a sense of pressure. For some people, it feels almost like an internal massage, so you're getting massaged from the inside out as we're promoting this flow of energy and bringing the body back into balance. Some people see colors or images. Some people experience emotions. Some people have that emotional release of crying. Some people laugh for no reason. It really is an individual experience. Can one doze off? Absolutely, yes. That's very common. People are always like, no, I'm not gonna fall asleep, Michelle. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and about 10 minutes later, you hear that change in the breathing and then that nice, soft little snoring. And I think that's a great thing because now your conscious mind isn't trying to fight and figure out what I'm doing. I get to work with the subconscious and really work on clearing as much of this negative energy junk that you're carrying with you as possible. So the main variation in the Reiki treatments other than the chakras and the areas we're focusing on is going to be the duration. My treatments range between 20 and 90 minutes. Obviously longer means that more can be cleared and you're gonna get a better sense of balance and well-being. And the number of treatments also varies depending on the type of pain that we're working with, the cause of the pain, and how chronic this has been. How long has this been going on? So besides uh, treating that pain that they want to relieve and take out the pain that they may have physically on different parts of their body, it also helps with depression and anxiety. It improves their mental health. Many of us stress through work, life, family, car, car problems, anything that's, that's out there. Reiki also alleviates that. Correct. I would say I see more clients who are looking for help dealing with stress, anxiety, depression than I do who are actually looking for help with physical pains. And Interesting. That's because, okay, these chakras, these energy centers in the bodies have associated physical and emotional experiences. Um, we tend to think of ourselves as the physical body and we're not actually our physical body, right? We're, we're spirit, we're soul, um, and our emotions have a big impact on the physical body. You want to talk about, look at the work of Eckhart Tolle or Dr. Joe Dispenza or Louise Hay who have all worked with using the mind and the emotions to reprogram the body. Can Reiki also be used as a complementary therapy alongside with a medical treatment plan that they're receiving from a medical doctor? Maybe cancer, maybe some kind of a pain with an organ. Can Reiki also be used working together? Absolutely, 100%. It's a great complement to other therapies, to Western medicine. I always say, talk with your doctor, work with your doctor first. Don't come to me and immediately stop taking any medications. That's not what I'm here for. But it's, you know, you talked about cancer. It's great for helping to reduce the side effects from cancer treatments. It's great for people with chronic pain issues like fibromyalgia, arthritis, lupus, things like that. It's great for helping people who are working with a therapist as well to work through their depression, their anxiety, because again, working with the subconscious level and with where those emotions and those feelings have been stored in the body, sometimes you get stuck when you're trying to talk through it with your therapist because you just can't figure out what it is that's causing that. Reiki can help kind of flush out 
what's going on and reduce that resistance to what you're trying to work through. Of course, with all this great information that you're providing us, that you're telling us about the, the benefits of Reiki, where, where can people learn more about Reiki to receive an session with Michelle? Well, to receive a session with Michelle, you can go to my website. That's intuitivewellnessep.com. You can also call or text me at 915-258-8116 or email me at michelle at intuitivewellnessep.com. And now we're at the end, uh, concluding our, our session here. Yes. <laughs> but something I always ask all our guests, and I wanted to ask you, Michelle, what message of hope can you provide to us? You know, I think back to the August 3rd tragedy and how much suffering that created for our community. And I'm reminded of the quote by Eckhart Tolle. If you had not suffered as you have, there would be no depth to you as a human being, no humility, no compassion. Suffering cracks open the shell of ego and then comes a point when it has served its purpose. Suffering is necessary until you realize it is unnecessary. So truly happiness is our natural state of being, and there's a wide variety of healing modalities and spiritual tools out there to help you rediscover that happiness that exists within you. Just one more question, Michelle. What does resiliency mean to you? I look at the people of El Paso and we are so resilient. That's one of the reasons why my husband and I decided to stay here. We love this community. And I really think that what happened in August of 2019 showed us how strong we as El Pasoans are, that we can bend without breaking, and that we can weather the storms and come together and be stronger together and use everything for our upliftment. You know, this was something that could have broken us as a community, resulted in so much anger, so much hate, but what you truly saw was that outpouring of love. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for sharing your emotions, your thoughts. Everybody, Michelle Muskowski, thank you. And stay tuned for our second part. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Oscar. You are listening to United and Resilient. We'll be right back with Holistic Healing. Now, we will move into our intermission segment of Where Were You on August 3rd with our guest, Elizabeth Duran. She is the clinic director of the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic at Endeavors and shares her personal story of the August 3rd, 2019 tragedy. My name is Elizabeth Duran. I am the clinical director at the Stephen A. Cohen Endeavors El Paso Clinic. And this is my story. On August 3rd, 2019, I was in Denton, Texas, visiting my son and daughter when we heard the news in El Paso at the Sela Vista Walmart. I was really nervous and afraid because I live in the Sela Vista area and that is the Sela Vista store is the store that my husband and I go to Saturday mornings. Um, I really believed that he was there because I was coming back and he was getting groceries and I immediately gave him a call. I gave him a call and he wouldn't answer and I started crying and I'm like, where are you? And I called him again and he answered and I'm like, you know, where are you? And I was just very afraid. The whole drive back to El Paso, 
um, was me listening to the news, you know, just making sure that, you know, the people that I knew were okay. At one point, my mom even said, please stop listening to this because it's just, it's making me very fearful. It's making me very nervous. So when we arrived um, the very next day, I was invited to MacArthur Middle School to assist with the families that were waiting to hear what was happening with their families. I am um, EMDR trained, which is the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, and we were able to assist some of the families that were very distraught. I'm very happy to say that I was part of the team that helped, you know, put on the groups that assisted neighbors in our community to process the trauma that that we all endured. Um, We were able to work with the baseball team. We were able to work with several of the employees from Walmart, and I'm really proud to say that this is my story. I think El Paso continues to heal. Um, I think that it's not something that is easily forgotten. I think that this also made us closer as a community, I think we are looking out for each other and we're trying to make sure that this something like this doesn't happen to any agency in our community or anybody here in our community as well. You know, we are resilient and we are El Paso strong. Most of all, if you still find yourself needing assistance, please reach out. Reach out to the Family Resiliency Center and or your local um, clinic. Um, Us here at Endeavors, we serve our veteran population. There is no shame in seeking help and, you know, our mental wellness is what keeps us El Paso strong. We now return to our second part of Holistic Healing. Welcome back to the second half of United and Resilience. We will continue learning about holistic healing, but this time we're going to take a shift to yoga. Many of us want to practice good habits from working out to eating right. So many different types of workouts out there. It can be a journey just to find something that feels like a great fit for you. When one lifts weights, the muscles get stronger and bigger. But yoga, an ancient practice based on Indian philosophy that's been around for centuries, seems to have this powerful combination of the physical movement combined with deep breathing, meditation, and mindful aspect. Regular practitioners credit yoga's ability to help them with everything from mood and emotions to muscle tone, endurance, and strength. Joining us, we have Life Skills Coordinator from the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic at Endeavors and Yoga Certified uh, Instructor, Michael Novotny. We will discuss why this ancient practice and meditation of yoga has become increasingly popular in today's busy society, what it means to develop an inner awareness and the mental and physical benefits it provides. Michael is a life skills coordinator for the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic at Endeavors here in El Paso. He is responsible for the Life Skills Enrichment Program, which provides a variety of educational wellness and physical wellness classes to veterans, active duty service members, and their families. He is also a retired U.S. Army First Sergeant and has been an advocate for mental health services. He holds a master level education in humanities studies and is currently working toward his Ph.D. in visionary practice and regenerative leadership. And of course, through his busy schedule, he is a certified yoga instructor. 
Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you so much. I, I can't tell you how honored I am to be here on the uh, podcast today. Thank you for, for being here with us. Share with us your academic and professional achievements and include that journey to becoming a yoga instructor. Sure thing. So as you already had mentioned, you know, I, I am a life skills coordinator at the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic at Endeavors here in El Paso. And for those who don't know, the Cohen Clinic provides an integrative approach to mental health and their focus is on treating the whole person. So not only do they offer services like therapy, uh, case management, medication management, but they allow folks like me to come in, offer holistic healing practices like yoga. My journey with yoga began about 10 years ago. And at the time I was still on active duty. I was a young staff sergeant stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And I was a, an intelligence analyst serving with 5th Special Forces Group. That experience was amazing, but yet came with high demand, a high operation tempo and a little bit of stress. So I was looking for a way to relieve that stress. And one of the, my buddies that I had that was working there one day, he was into yoga and he said, hey, why don't, uh, why don't you join me at, at a yoga class? So me and a few other guys one morning all decided to, to take him up on that. I remember it was a, a hot yoga class. It was 60 minutes long. For me, it was, uh, wow, it put me through the ringer. And, and so I had zero flexibility at that time. Uh, I didn't really even know what, what to expect. But I think the important thing was that at the end of the class, uh, we had about 10 or 15 minutes to just lay there on our mats in, in Shavasana and corpse pose. And that to me was just such an amazing experience. It was pure bliss. You know, I felt complete and utter relaxation. I knew right then and there that yoga was a practice that I needed to keep in my life. And so fast forward some years later, I think it was about 2018 when I decided to take yoga teacher training. Um, so I was consistent in my yoga practice for the most part. You know what, I'm gonna take it a step further. I'm gonna do a 200 hour yoga teacher training. One of the driving forces behind that was by then I had risen to the rank of first sergeant. I had plenty of soldiers underneath me uh, and, and I really wanted to make sure that I was doing all I can to help build resilience uh, with them and, and find a proactive uh, approach to giving them some tools to self-care. That's really what led me to, to get certified. I can say that yoga has really not only put my body in alignment, but just my entire life. And I think where I'm at right now in this position, working at uh, the Cohen Clinic, it really speaks to that. Uh, I get to provide yoga to, to others. Uh, not only that, but I'm also, as you already mentioned as well, I'm in my, my PhD program in visionary practice and regenerative leadership. That program is all about finding new ways to be a leader in our community and to heal our community, uh, to regenerate our community. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yoga, for those that who do not know about yoga, people probably think it's, a, it's configuring your body into various positions and then holding that posture for some time. But, you know, tell me, Michael, what is yoga and how does it work? Is, what is happening to your body when you're in a position like the downward facing dog? Mm, that is a great place to start, Oscar. You mentioned in the introduction that yoga is an ancient practice, and it began in India 
the development of yoga can be traced back to about 5,000 years ago, although some researchers do think it goes back much further, um, about 10,000 years. Keep in mind, yoga, the yoga that existed five to 10,000 years ago isn't necessarily the yoga that uh, you'll find in the studios today. But nonetheless, I think there's the, the essence, the, the, the foundation uh, of what that practice is meant to be, that is still very much alive and well. The definition of yoga, I, I guess the most broad definition would be uh, to unite. So the practice aims at creating a union and I believe it's, it's a union between mind, body, and spirit. You know, on the surface, yoga can seem like it's merely just a physical practice, but uh, when the practitioner's ready, it can definitely be a much deeper experience. As for what's happening in the yoga positions, I would say all sorts of things. The most obvious is we are stretching and lengthening and strengthening our, our muscles. Also, our organs are also getting a nice little massage. Our minds, of course, are, are being asked to focus. So there's a, a greater awareness that the practitioner is being asked to tap into. When you said about yoga, it's to unite that mind, body, and spirit all, all together. But what about those people that are not limber enough to twist into a body pretzel on a yoga mat? <laughs> or, or do not think that they're, they're not at the weight, what their goal weight is. Is yoga for every body type? Absolutely. Uh, yoga is for, for everyone. You know, on the physical level, almost every posture or what they call asana, every asana can be modified to meet certain needs. You know, when I first started, believe it or not, I was a 250-pound gym rat. Oh. <laughs> and I, you look very fit right now, I gotta it, tell you, yeah, you, you know, know, 250. I, I've always been the type where I've liked to just carry a little bit more muscle mass. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, when I first started, again, I had zero flexibility. I was just mm -hmm. in the gym all the time. My bench press was like 400 and something pounds and just, <laughs> I mean, it, it was insane. And so... Stretching um, wasn't something and part of that workout routine that it, you had. It, it was not, it, it definitely was not at the time. I'll never forget when I first started I had a yoga instructor say something to me that, that still sticks with me today. And she said, where you are is exactly where you need to be. I just thought, wow, that is, it's, it's amazing, right? Em embrace where you're at, right? Like don't sit there and try to chase this, this perfection or think that you're not good enough to, to start on something. And yoga offers a lot of amazing lessons. And that's really what keeps me coming back is I feel like I just constantly am learning a new lesson uh, every time I go. For me, I think a, a big one is watching the ego. Mm. And mm -hmm. that's something where the ego likes to come up in some interesting ways. You know, I've noticed even for me sometimes where, you know, I might be in a yoga class, there's tons of mirrors around and I'm, you know, looking at what the person next to me is doing, wondering if I can perhaps be that good or, or be better or, you know, and so uh, there's all these little little lessons and things that, that you can pick up on. And you so it brings out much, much more to the table. I hear that it could lower your stress and bring more oxygen to the brain, but what other health benefits does yoga bring? Balance. Mm -hmm. You know, all day, we put ourselves in opportunities to, to throw ourselves out of balance, right? From the moment we wake up, right? it might be the things that we eat, it might be the, the traffic jam that we, we 
go straight into when we're trying to get to work. It might be an argument with our, our coworkers or boss. Uh, and so all these things kind of throw off the balance a little bit, but yoga brings you back into balance. Of course, your muscular system benefits, your skeletal system, but also your nervous system. I mean, every, pretty much every system in the body benefits from yoga. Yoga creates space. I mean space in, in, in two different ways. Uh, there's physical space. So let's say, for example, I'm in a warrior two pose where it's kind of like the runner, the, the, the lunge, and you got your arms out, one in front, one behind you. Right. Uh, yeah. Your arms are parallel, kind of like you're on a surfboard, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and let's say, you know, the, the yoga instructor's like, well, reverse your warrior. And so your front hand goes up to the sky and reaches back behind you. And all of a sudden, you're stretching your rib cage mm -hmm. and you're breathing into the rib cage. You're expanding in from that space. So that's what I mean by creating uh, space. And in the other way, I, I think it's mental space as well. So when you show up and you get on your mat, uh, it's your chance to kind of declutter your life a little bit. Um, step away from everything that, that is happening outside of the yoga mat. And when you do that, you find that uh, you have much more capacity afterwards. Uh, at least I do. You know, I can't speak for everybody, but you know, I, I have, I can hold so much more for people in my life, the events that are happening. Yoga brings so much more, um, like you said, to the table. And when people work out, they dedicate to that physical workouts. Can yoga complement weightlifters or cardio enthusiasts? Yes. Oh, where to begin with this question? Again, because you know, I, I, I've been in the gym most of my adult life. Right, so, being a weightlifter. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you're squatting, when you're, you're, you're lifting heavy weights, you're obviously putting a lot of tension on your muscles and on your spine. And so yoga is amazing because the, the twists and, and movements, you can lengthen the spine oh. and you can rehydrate your, your spine, essentially. For those that are cardio-focused athletes, yoga is also a great tool because it really allows you to, to build that lung capacity and to do it in a different way, right? Like you're not out there pounding the pavement or roughing up your body. You can just be on a mat in a nice, quiet, hot room. Uh, what about those people who, don't, who do not have a workout routine? They want to get started with an exercise routine. Is, is yoga alone enough exercise? And how long does it take to see any results? I think there's some variables to this question. First would be the practitioner and their fitness level. If they are a, an advanced athlete, then yoga might not necessarily be the only thing that they need. If they're a practitioner that has lived more of a sedentary lifestyle, yoga might be the only thing. <laughs> yeah. And so it really depends on where the practitioner is. It also depends on the style of yoga. Uh, there are, are many different things that you can do. Vinyasa is one of them. That's that's the one that I really love, uh, but it is What is vinyasa? More, so it's more of a, you're, you're flowing in and out of the postures using the breath, and that can be really vigorous. It can okay. be a vigorous activity. But then you also have things like yin yoga, which is more restorative in nature, where you'll find yourself probably on laying on your mat or seat in a seated position, holding postures a little bit longer. It really just depends. As for results, I would say the lessons have to come in, right? The lessons that I mentioned earlier, like 
understanding the need for perfection uh, and patience, being patient with yourself. For me, it took me about three years of doing yoga before I could touch my toes. So. Oh, wow. And you were dedicated too. Those and I was, I was dedicated. Yeah. And I was also still working out a lot. My hamstrings never really wanted to loosen up, but eventually we got there. And yoga does much more than improve our physical health. It, it also brings mental benefits such as uh, reduce anxiety, it, it, it reduces depression. How does yoga affect mental health? You know, all day long, uh, we have things activating our, our, our sympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for that fight or flight feeling. Work stress, traffic jams, and so on. Yoga can help us with activation of the parasympathetic nervous system, which controls our ability to rest and digest. Yoga is also what I consider to be a, a moving meditation. And so meditation does wonders for lowering stress levels, for reducing waking cortisol levels, and lowering resting heart rate. Michael, if, if one wants to learn more about yoga, I know they could always go get a book and read Yoga 101, and, or even Google it and get information, but if they want to reach out to you, Michael, to, uh, for a beginner's class, or wh where can people go to? So absolutely, I'm willing to talk about yoga at any point in time. I love it. Um, and, and so they can absolutely drop by the, the Cohen Clinic or look us up online, um, Cohen Clinic EP on Facebook. There's me. There's also tons of different platforms that folks can, can look at. Of course, YouTube. There's, there's Aloe Yoga, which is an app that you can download. You know, I really love the El Paso community and the yoga community that's here. Uh, I want to definitely give a shout out to Shanti Yoga. They have just some amazing folks, some amazing instructors that work there. So, Michael, a, a question, because now we're coming towards the end of our interview. What message of hope can you to provide to us, to the El Paso community, or to the people you know, and the people that you will meet also? Mm. So... When I first moved here a little over a year ago, I really didn't know what to think or expect about El Paso, but I have loved this community. It's amazing. They lead with, with love and compassion. You can see it just about everywhere. So uh, I do want to say just keep, keep doing that. Just breathe. Breathe deep. Breathe in hope and breathe out fear, anxiety, stress in anything that does not serve you. What does resiliency mean to you? So to me, resiliency is the ability to not only bounce back, but to also grow from the difficulty and adversity that we face in life. When I think of the word resiliency, I think of pliability, I think of elasticity, I think of flexibility. So as a yogi, I'll leave you with this. Train yourself to bend so that you don't break. I like that. I like that very much. Thank you. Everybody, Michael, that's Michael Novotny. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you, Oscar. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoy learning about the benefits of Reiki and yoga. We learned from Reiki master teacher Michelle Maskowski and yoga instructor Michael Novotny. 
each sharing their respective methods of supporting the body and mind systems to their own natural healing process. Share this information to others and your loved ones for a positive impact and well-being. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at El Paso United FRC, where you can learn more about our commitment to the community's long-term recovery. I'm signing off, and I will see you soon.